Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Blackadder in Order. That's right. Season two of Starship Podcast Warlock is dedicated to watching one episode of Blackadder per episode. That's confusing. And uh, commenting on it, or more often just kind of like watching it and laughing, which is kind of what we do a lot of. I wonder if we should comment more. Do you think we should comment more? Do you think people want us to comment more? No comment. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do what we what comes naturally. Um, let's see. Today, we are going to be talking about Stephen Fry, who plays Lord Melchit in uh, this series of Blackadder and various other characters in the other ones. Um, as I was saying just before we started recording, I actually have a lot to say about Stephen Fry, so let's, let's get into it here. Um, as always, we've done an enormous amount of research uh, by opening up Wikipedia. Uh, so credit where credit is due. And yes, I did donate to Wikipedia. Oh, before we get into that, I know you had a comment from last week's episode. Oh, something yes. You realized. Well, I, yes, thank you. Uh, so um, uh, I, I realized that um, it just I missed a funny comment that I could have made. Although I suppose since we were keeping the identity of a guest star... Um, uh, Secret? I wasn't mentioning it, well. I wasn't mentioning it during the episode, uh, just to see if you could guess who it was. Uh, but the the whole joke about uh, or Lacey, um, uh, the Bishop of Bath and Wells, uh, holding a red hot poker to Blackadder and thinking, well, that's interesting, considering that in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark he did the exact same thing to Marion. So I suppose that's not funny. It's just an interesting little <laughs> bit of confluence that uh, maybe they were just like, well, he's really good at holding a red hot poker threateningly at somebody. Uh, as opposed to lovingly at somebody, I, I'm not sure what I know. Um, rule thirty-four for red hot pokers. Um, oh my god! Last of the red hot pokers. Um, yes. Uh, well, yeah. I'm glad anyway, you got that in there. Yeah, I, I I'm never not sure would have. I, am, but... <laughs> I never would have recognized him. It, as I said uh, when we discussed it, it's been a long time since I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, and even so, without the glasses, I'm not sure I would have picked up on it. Well, also, I think he looks he looks very thin as Tote versus. He looked very corpulent in in this, and it's only a few years later. Like I'm pretty sure they must have, they must have, you know, maybe put a fat suit or something like that on him. I would guess, you know, um, and uh, you know, he he gained some weight and dropped the German accent. So you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, what we should have done was just edit your observation in at the appropriate moment in the previous episode, which is not out yet. But that's yeah, okay. That sounds like a lot of work, and that's not what we do here at Starship Podcast Warlock. So. This is true. Uh, um, we record this on a Friday night, and <laughs> like we're all we're all tired anyway. So um, Jeff is I, I, Jeff is going to be working again after this, which is insane. Yeah, I, uh, I work is not usually as crazy, but uh, right now I since like Halloween I have been working like literally seven or eight in the morning until midnight seven days a week. Over even though we have off for Thanksgiving, we have off Christmas and New Year's. Like we had like twelve days off. Nope work through the entire thing and it's one of those where you know this is once every seven year type of project and if that is and i'm actually excited for the the final product on that so i'm okay with that so um uh, but beyond you know if it if it went longer than that i'd be a little uh, a little concerned but at the moment it's been um it's yeah been you're interesting you're already well past the point where i would have been you know rioting in the streets actually i shouldn't joke about that these days no well actually i think during covid um you know, actually, actually, it's been a good way to. I was just saying this to my boss. In some ways, it's been a good way to concentrate. Mm -hmm. Nobody's been walking in and, and bugging me, and and um, and you know, I, I live alone and things like that. So it's it's actually been very good for concentrating and very good for keeping myself occupied. But it's only something that I think works for. You know, I'm okay with doing that for, like I said, a few months, every seven years or something like that. And for the mm -hmm. most part, work is very good at that sort of thing. It's just this is one of those you know, once once in a in a while type of projects and i'm actually fairly excited about it and i can't say a damn thing about it so <laughs> i can't wait to find out what it is even i don't know everyone uh yeah. but back to stephen fry uh we're gonna talk about him for a bit um there's a lot here about his growing up um wow which some of it is pretty harrowing at least as regards his uh his parents and their parents you know, I have I have one of his autobiographies, but I don't. Is it I've... Mob is my washpot? Yes, I have that one too, and I still have never 
opened it up. <laughs> I, I have opened it. I, I've just blanked on it. Um, I, I really I, wanted to read it. I just have not gotten around to it. And I have one of others is other books. I have uh, The Hippopotamus, which um, I really... I borrowed from somebody um, four years ago, and um, I'm supposed to give it back to him, but like I think I should read it first. Um, but, I, and I feel I feel horrible about that, because I really do like his writing. I just haven't mm-hmm. gotten that far in it. Well, you know, hey, it's in the middle of a pandemic. If there's uh, ever a time to start reading uh, reading a book by Stephen Fry, it would be <laughs> Um I, I can't remember if I have that one, but I know I have read it, and I've even watched the movie which is a, it's a strange thing to make a movie of. And I'm trying to remember who played the writer in that. It's someone famous. Someone yes, I should yes, remember. Yes, you're right. No, I have no idea. <laughs> they, they cast someone who has acted in things before. Mm. Roger Allen. Why did I think that that is I do recognize someone that I've... Name, but I couldn't tell oh, you he played where. Prothero in V for Vendetta. He was oh, in Game okay. of Thrones. Which, He's which, been in a whole bunch of stuff. But, which is interesting because yeah. Stephen Fry was in uh, Viva Vendetta as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, anyway, back to back to his books. I mean, uh, so yeah, I've read that one. I have The Liar. I've read that. Uh, I have Making History somewhere, and I've read that. That's quite good. It's like a, um, it's sort of like a retelling, I think, of. Uh, give me a minute. Is it the Man in the Iron Mask? I'm thinking of. Maybe it is, mm-hmm. which I've never read, uh, but but my understanding is that's what it is. So for oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I lied. Revenge a Novel is the one that's based on that. Making I History think. is a totally different thing, which I think is about World War II and time travel and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, which anyway. recycled into Let's Kill Hitler. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Um, I also have, because I got them for Christmas, uh, two of his uh, Greek myth retelling books, mythos and heroes and i just found out that he's put another one out this year called troy which now i'm gonna have to get i mean i have to admit half the reason i got them was that the covers are gorgeous but uh but yeah they're uh they're pretty thick there's a lot of stuff in there to read as i said i have moba's my wash pot um do, do we w- yeah. want to talk about fry's um fry himself and and the and his his body of um, performing work well, well yes although, but I you mean, brought up the books so oh, yes, I'm sorry. It's I figured okay. we'd just jump into that. Okay. Um, no worries. Uh, of course, listeners to this podcast know that we've, uh, you know, pointed him out, of course, in the Young Ones uh, episode, Bambi, How Could You Miss Him? Um, that may have been the first time I ever saw him do anything. Uh, per- uh, that might be for me, too, actually. And uh, recently, I think it was probably at the beginning of quarantine, I was watching all of a bit of Fry and Laurie, his sketch show with Hugh Laurie, which is, uh, it, it's it's a little like, it, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know the word I want, but it's, uh, it's very funny. Um, but it's also, there's, it's a little biting in places uh, where I didn't kind of expect it to be. Um, they do a lot of recurring sketches in that. Like they have this one where they're um, these two, I guess, businessmen. Um, and they kind of stride around and smoke and drink and are really loud and say things like, uh, oh, yes, we've got to take over this, uh, whatever. You know, and they're, they're just sort of bellowing everything. Uh, and he has a wife, Marjorie, that he's, you know, always uh, cursing because she is they're divorcing and you know of course she's taking his money and doing a better job at running a business than he is um and then there's this other one i think probably my favorite sketch from that is uh is it, it's kind of a um uh john le carre pastiche where he's control um it is very kind of like uh calm and and sort of uh into like weird little hobbies and things and they're very polite to each other. And Hugh Laurie is, you know, uh, one of the spies. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe these things in a compelling way. I think you just have to see them. But it, it's it's certainly worth it. I enjoyed pretty much all of it. I'm a huge fan of, uh, well, I think we both are, of Fry and Laurie. And, you know, I mean, as we've talked about with uh, with Aid and uh, and uh, uh, Rick as a comedy team and, and what have you, you know, Fry and Laurie, uh, as they've both gone, over, gone on to do plenty of things on their own um you know it's hilarious of course that Hugh Laurie probably is much more well known in the states right now for playing house without any accent whatsoever um house md uh but uh you know knowing him 
uh, knowing them from his, from the early days of them together as Fry and Laurie, and then obviously um, uh, Jeeves and Worcester after that. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was never a huge Woodhouse fan. I, I appreciated I, I appreciated them, but uh, I, I liked the concept more than the actual execution. I think, but uh, I uh, but it was it was entertaining. It just never sat mm-hmm. that um, it was it was more fluff for me. But um, but I liked Fry and Laurie. A, a lot of the stuff. Um, like uh, oh god the um the, the one where he's trying to teach uh trying to teach Hugh how to do um Shakespeare <laughs> um i mean that there's there there's some fantastic fantastic bits uh in there and i i i love that show to death anyways i'm sorry i cut you off you were oh no uh, well i i should actually watch that uh, again myself it's been a long time but i read a couple of uh uh, Woodhouse books as a kid, uh, and I loved them. They were very funny. Um, I, I think the thing with Woodhouse is they're you you read a few of them and you kind of read them all. Um, <laughs> like they don't, you know, change a whole lot. It's right. just different jokes. Um, but it is interesting in terms of you know the characters and and who they, you know, end up um, end up playing. That you know, I mean, um, Hugh Laurie has made. Uh, I mean, before he was playing House and stuff like that, a lot of his persona in the early days was kind of this, you know, upper class uh, entitled twit, I guess, in some mm-hmm. ways. And and uh um and Stephen Fry was the intelligent one, you know, I mean um and uh I mean they they both are capable of much more than that, but that was my impression of them in the very beginning because of of both the the roles I think in some cases they would occupy in their skits and because of Jason Worcester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we'll see and we'll see how that plays out in Blackadder as well in, in little bits and pieces. Oh yes. Um just looking through here to see what I... Oh, I forgot he was in Gormenghast. Uh, Gormenghast being the, the BBC production of... Uh, if you know Gormenghast, you know. Otherwise, I'm just going to talk gibberish to you. But uh, there's a trilogy by Mervyn Peake called Gormenghast. Talk to me, baby. <laughs> and uh, it, it's uh, this weird kind of... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this weird sort of uh, insular kind of like... Uh, very, very English sort of shut castle that everyone lives in. It's a very kind of cloistered society, very sort of dusty and old and tradition bound. And this young lad named Steer Pike starts stirring things up in there. And uh, I don't know why I'm summarizing the whole thing, because really all you need to know for this is that Stephen Fry was in it as a professor. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's an, that's an interesting, weird almost unique thing. It's been very influential, but like almost nobody has read it because it's long and kind of dry. Uh, let's see. Oh, he was, the, in... I read the first, I read the first book, but after that, and, and then he, did Pete die before the third one? Like the third one, I seem to remember being fairly, um, uh, from what I remember reading, it's kind of very much, um, yeah, let's just put it. That way. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean now. This has been a, a real good episode for not knowing how to describe things. But as far as I know, it's it it exists. I think it was finished. It's Titus Grown, Gormenghast, and then Titus Alone. Titus Alone, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I've read the first two. I don't think I ever read Titus Alone. Um, um actually, there was the a fourth two. one. Uh, it was a prequel, Titus Andronica. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, he was, of course, in Doctor Who recently, uh, in Spyfall, first episode of the twelfth series of New Who. Um, very briefly, but he was in it. Um, as essentially a spy master. He never actually managed to write for the show, which he was slated to do a couple times, and he was never able to. Uh, fit it in during uh, Moffat's tenure. Yeah, that's a shame. I think that would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to mention that uh, he's also been hosting uh, QI, which is a very good um, comedy uh, TV quiz show, if you've uh, if you've seen it, and pretty well-known. Uh, mm. uh, uh, you know, Stephen Fry probably is one of the most intellectual of, of all of the, uh, the comics that I can think of. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, he's a great match for that. Uh, I imagine I, I imagine he'd be somebody that you could talk to forever at a, at a party type of thing. I, I really do, just about anything under the sun. Yep. Uh, he was in Wild, played Oscar Wilde, which uh, it says here that he said he was born to play that role, and I think he probably was. Um, I forgot that he had a cameo in Spice World, even though I've seen that film at least three times. Um 
which is at least three more than I've seen. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, but it was very much of its time. Uh, and uh, the way we enjoyed it was uh, for the camp of it, I think. Plus, everybody is in it. Every British star you can think of is in it. My God, I can't believe I forgot this. That um, I, I forgot to mention this. That um, he was one of the, in my opinion, only good bits as the voice <laughs> of the guide in the 2005 film version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep, another perfect that, casting there. Yeah, excellent casting for that. Um, uh, v for Vendetta, he was in. Yep. Um, um, and actually, uh, something else that, uh, and this goes back to a previous uh, rant from a previous episode, is <laughs> the uh, going on about Tim Burton, that uh, uh, as much as I didn't particularly care for Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, I thought he was a very good Cheshire Cat. Oh, yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, him and the I'm trying to remember the caterpillar was um, uh, was uh, uh, Alan Rickman, I think. Um, like I, I felt like the casting choices were good. Oh, maybe uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course he was the master of Lake Town in the uh, um, the Interminable in, Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, I I was gonna say in the the <laughs> three in the. Uh, three-part version of The Hobbit that Peter Jackson did not, in fact, make because, in fact, he just made Lord of the Rings and at some point, maybe he'll make The Hobbit. Oh, my God. Well, ugh, yeah. I Instead of the desolation of the audience. Um, really did not care for that. Although, it did continue something which I think uh, is kind of the great strength of his Lord of the Rings and, the, in some ways, the great weakness, which is it looks exactly like you would expect it to look. Which is a strength in that, great, <laughs> the book is on screen in, in a way that seems perfect. Um, and it's also not great because it, it's it's a little boring as a result. Like, Smog looks and sounds exactly like you would expect him to. I know that wasn't Peter Jackson's fault, but still, same style. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of an interesting, weird thing to me about those Tolkien adaptations. Well, the weird part for me was about the, the elf dwarf elf love triangle and uh, oh boy and uh um and the fact that i i feel like that um they turned bilbo into into frodo and you know yeah. Bil bilbo the the gung-ho adventurer as opposed to um the one who basically starts off it, it should be a i mean it, it's interesting casting martin freeman in there because i feel like that should be very much an arthur dentish type of character the, mm -hmm. the character that is essentially put upon and ends up pretty much i mean he ends up taking on you know he's too british and too nice in order uh that he gets taken advantage of time after time and eventually ends up learning his worth frankly because he had to at that point but mm -hmm. you know the that's a reluctant hero uh, that they, you didn't get any of that sadly and, and sadly i didn't care for martin freeman's uh arthur dent either and i, I mm -hmm. like martin freeman i thought he was great in in sherlock um speaking of of reuniting him in cumberbatch but um, and the British version of The Office, I thought he was perfectly good at, which is why I could see why you would cast him for, for those sorts of things. But I, I just don't think he worked in either of those roles. And I don't know if those were his choices or whatever, but, um, or the director's choices, but it, it just something was off. Yeah, I agree with you. It's exactly it because, and I have kind of the same problem with Lord of the Rings, although at least they did this with Marion Pippin, which is the hobbits are supposed to be your kind of humble, kind of funny, sort of reluctant heroes, like you said, um, I mean, they're, they do eventually become yeah. the heroes. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole hero's right. journey type of. But they're the they're the kind of like human scale characters. Ironically, the ones we can sort of relate to, whereas everyone else is this larger than life hero, and they kind of they kind of evened him out, uh, which made it a little yeah. a little dull that way. He he was a little too too smarmy and sarcastic from the beginning. Even even you know the few lines that actually got. The, the five minutes that actually ended up with dialogue directly from the books was during the, the smog and, uh, and Bilbo confrontation. Mm -hmm. But even so, like, I just didn't feel like he was, he was worried in danger for his life during that. Yeah. And, and trying to sweet talk smog and smog. So whatever, it just, that, that yeah. Um, I mean, I have enough problems with the dwarves running back to go help him and, and you know, dumping a big pot of gold on... Anyway, um, <laughs> again, as as with our, our Tim Burton rant, I, I suppose we probably shouldn't get on onto that, so... Uh, yeah, I, I promise I we, we should... do like things, everyone. Oh, yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I was going to mention back to, uh, back to Stephen Fry. I, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, 
one thing where he just kind of disappeared in the part, and I loved, I loved it. Did you see his Malvolio in Twelfth Night? I did not. At the, at the Globe, that is worth looking at because you can find that streaming. That was a fantastic production, and you know he's not grandstanding, he's not doing whatever. He just, he disappears into that part, and it's a great part for him. Wow. Yeah, I would like to see that. Um, I will say one other thing about Stephen Fry. Maybe more than one other thing. Who knows? But um, there, I I identify with him a little bit. Um, the whole business of him being this kind of intellectual comedian. Not that I'm like a super intellectual, but I am a nerd. Um, and also, of course, he's gay. Um, I too am non-heterosexual, and uh, I feel like mm, I'm not as tall as he is, but I feel like we have certain physical attributes in common as well. So. Um, I sort of subconsciously gravitate toward him and the things that he does in that respect. He's also, and I forgot about this, um, a fairly vocal atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's a true. reasonably, I think, uh, respectable one, whereas some of them are just a little nutso about it. Um, yeah. He's not, you know, I mean, he, he obviously has his deeply held beliefs, but he's not, yeah, he's not an asshole. He's, uh, like, again, I feel like he's a great conversationalist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and one of the people I would be most likely to want to actually just sit and, and talk with, although I'm sure most of the time I'd just be like, Bleh. but I'm sure during that time he would fill in the, uh, the awkward spaces until I could actually start talking to, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. Um, uh, Stephen, call us. <laughs> um, maybe we should call us. I'll, You're I'll, not returning our calls. <laughs> I'll I'll tag him in the post when I when I post on Twitter about this, because he is back on Twitter at least. Um, well, that's only a little bit of what Stephen Fry has done. Uh, I definitely suggest you look him up. He's his Lord Melchett here is very. Uh, kind of reserved like I, I feel like you don't see sort of the full range of Stephen Fry in there but uh, that I think is also to his credit well it's it's interesting I mean you know you have in this case he's more of the 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 um the underling and he has of course that laugh that meh uh but of course you know when he shows up um at the the end of the third season and uh, and taking that same character transported into the fourth it is a um uh much more um uh, authoritative high, status, high yeah. status authoritative and explosive character by comparison yes indeed well looking forward to that but for tonight today easy for me to say for today sounds, slash it sounds like tonight you've had a beer no i wish i had i probably should have um i keep forgetting to to uh grab a, a beverage on the way to this recording i just uh have some water with me but we are going to watch season two, episode five of Blackadder two. As you know, if you've been following along, uh, Jeff informs me it's called Beer, and as we've noted in the previous few episodes, I don't remember a thing about it. Maybe it'll come back to me as soon as we start, but it might not. You may recognize uh, one guest star of the several that are there, although it is far from his uh, most prominent appearance. Okay. Well, we'll find out in just a minute. What's happening now is that uh, Jeff and I are going to queue up our videos of this. Um, And because you may have a DVD, you may be watching this over some streaming service, uh, you may have like videotaped it off the air and have the world's last remaining VCR. I don't know what you did. You but may ask way- yourself, why do I have that VCR? <laughs> but we're going to sync it up to the screen that says Rowan Atkinson as over like the checkered floor. Uh, that way we'll all be at the same point in the episode. When we start, I will count down and we will begin. Oh, it's I- Rowan Atkinson as the arbiter in chess. I get it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, chess. I was just talking about that the other night. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jeff, are you queued up? Yes. Uh, stay tuned for our podcast on chess. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, okay, so I have it queued up as well. So uh, all of you listening to the podcast, I'm going to count down three, two, one, play. Uh, we'll all hit play on the word play, and uh, we'll be watching this episode. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. I like the quotes. 
It's not really Black Adder 2, it's just Black Adder 2. That's right. The alleged Black Adder 2. Mm-hmm. Well, the other was the Black Adder, so that was oh, the true. definitive, clearly. This is just a Black Adder. Mm-hmm. Didn't you they hear come he comes six packs? Six packs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, there we go. I might have a beer after this. Not with a tomato and a with carrot. With a tomato. A, ugh. And a... No beard. <laughs> Bashroomy. Baruni. <laughs> oh, yeah, silly me. I forgot to mention. The best guest star of all. Don't tell me. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you sure you don't remember this episode? Yeah, so far. Wow. After last episode, he could use as much money as he could get. They go through a lot of doors in this house. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Not his tummy. No, wait, that's Catherine the Great. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
we could have called this Merlin the Happy Pig podcast. Hmm. Along with bacon sandwich. <laughs> I love Queenie's face in this entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> Impeccable logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's very practical of him. love the despair in his voice i know <laughs> oh my god A lot of farting jokes in this one. I wonder when that was going to drop. There it is. Oh, she is great. (laughs) That does sound convenient. See, if there's one bit of the episode, I figure this is what you should remember. Mm 
I remember you quoting it. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> and that's canon. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> it's funny even though you can see the setup coming yep <laughs> uh, the oh gods haven't completely disappeared okay Guest star number one. Aw, Miriam Margolis. And that was supposed to be Jim Broadbent, but isn't. Look at the crosses. She's basically playing the anti-Spanish Infanta. Yes. That's what we do. They've really come to the right place. <laughs> well that makes it convenient also you have an actor you don't have to pay <laughs> I recognize her husband I think he was in the last season I love that line I'll just go tell him to go fornicate off <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright I do remember those guest star number two ah uh, Hugh Laurie Ben Elton, I think, on the left? I don't think so. Oh, uh, it looked like him for a minute. 
<laughs> the golden boobs. <laughs> Her cloak. the eye bulge that does it. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How did he do that? <laughs> All the facial expressions in this whole scene. <laughs> did Can't tell if he recognizes her. I guess not. What was that? Seems like a good idea. Uh, and one of my other favorite quotes coming up in a second. <laughs> and it's all in Rowan Atkinson's timing and his face. 
<laughs> a little bit a little bit a little bit <laughs> Percy's face. <laughs> it's the white guardian <laughs> oh my god Yeah, after last episode? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Important uh, for the end, important to listen to the end credits on this one. Okay. Well, that was delightful. Uh, Yay. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I, I think I dimly remember some of that stuff. And some of the lines, I think, were just because I've heard you quote the thingy yeah. bit quite a bit. But, uh, yeah. Um, the other one that tended to recite a lot, especially like for Media Troop, would pull out the great booze up. Like whenever you had to have somebody making an excuse or just coming up with something cockamamie and... It was always the let's watch, watch the scene, watch what Rowan Atkinson does. Uh, <laughs> that was always our inspiration. Like just like in high school, we would watch the Blues Brothers for inspiration in, in stage band and stuff like that. That that was uh, this episode. Uh, definitely that bit was uh, was something that we we used as uh, learning material. Absolutely, um, <laughs> a masterclass. Yeah, class. and of course, I, I love I, I love um, the one. Uh, the one historical quote that we get here totally mangled the uh, the queens that may have the body of a uh, weak and feeble woman. Um, and, and interesting that, that she says concrete elephant at the end, which got called out earlier in the episode. Most of the illusions, you know, Merlin the Magic Pig and stuff like that, like uh, pretty much everything that gets seems like little throwaway bits in the first step, uh, first part of the episode gets cited in the latter half of that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you sort of see what's going to happen with everything. It's it, it's very obvious in terms of like the the mechanics of the plot. Uh, it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, um, it's great having Hugh Laurie there, uh, desperately uh, groping for any possible double entendre he can find. Um, <laughs> Stephen Fry not actually doing a huge amount as Melchit in this, but you know certainly yep. wearing the most uh, uh, lustrous pair of comedy breasts. He gets the gold. And uh, I love that. 
I kind of really wanted to, to see Queenie uh, involved a bit more in the festivities, but I had forgotten that she gets into it by the end, and that was really great, too. And Miriam Margolis is pitch perfect on every <laughs> oh, single yeah. bit of that. Oh, she's so great. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's interesting picturing if, uh, as was originally intended, uh, <coughs> that uh, Jim Broadbent would be playing the husband, uh, as as they played opposite each other for the Queen of Spain's beard, and as they will do again, as uh, as future monarchs in a um, in an upcoming season. Mm. Um, <coughs> uh, but it's interesting considering that he was the one that was speaking for her in the previous episode, and now he's the one that's pretty much silent. So, uh, although I I, I think uh, you know Thordyke did a, a great job just seeing the general looks on his face, and particularly his delivery at the very end, uh, at the very end of, of that scene with the you know exactly the same shape as the thingy. Like it's just watching watch his eyes and his facial expression on that. There's so much on that on this episode that sold on faces as much as as much as episodes or when they cut back to somebody as a reaction shot. And I, I, I notice that more every time I see this particular episode, it's very good from a direction point of view. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with all that. I was just, uh, I'm getting distracted here because I was going to look up, uh, is it Russell Thorndike? I thought it was David or Daniel. I forget which, um, uh, it, are, are you, I, I do like the white guardian reference. Yeah. I, I thought about that too, <laughs> actually. I, I mean, we all know that Valentine Dial was the, um, uh, was the, was the black guardian. Yes. If I recall correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Cyril Luckham, I think is the white guardian. Oh uh, yes. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, at, at least in the, uh, the in, enlightenment, I think it was a different person in the, mm. a rebus operation, but, um, another doctor who reference for anyone who's not following. Um, yeah, I feel like I've seen him before, and I don't know if it was just maybe in the last season of Blackadder, or yeah. probably Doctor Who. I mean, interesting. You know. our, our trustworthy friends at Wikipedia, Daniel Thorndike, is the one character who does not have a link. Of course, so, uh, well, maybe I, mean, I don't recognize you know, him. Maybe he just looks like uh, every other British actor of the same age. I mean, we can certainly pull out, um, uh, pull out IMDb. There we go, Daniel Thorndike. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Thorndike was born on March 20th, uh, March 10th, 1920. He was an actor known for Julius Caesar, The Avengers, and Romeo and Juliet. He died 2016 in East Sussex. Um, uh, Seafold bio, let's see what he's done. Um, they actually just had that little write-up, and that's all. Um, <laughs> well, I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up later. Um, yeah. This is the uh, show where we look things up on the internet for you, everyone. So you don't have to do it. Distinguished career... Distinguished career on the stage, often in Shakespearean roles in the National Theatre in London. So, uh, mm-hmm. probably much more stage work than um, than uh, TV work. So, I wonder if that was the only time he ever had to say the word "thingy" in a dramatic production. Yeah, I, I don't really picture that being as a Shakespearean <laughs> term. I could be wrong on that. Probably not. I, he invented I, I a lot of words, but maybe not that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was super fun. Um, Tosh and hey, nani nani. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that bit. Um, it's just a lot of fun this is a good one um i felt like i'll be honest and tip my hand a little bit with the ratings like last last week's i thought was good but somehow creeped me out a little bit so i wasn't like into it as much yeah (laughs) um but this one i really enjoyed um yeah so this was this was good how how do you how do you feel about this one well, again, I, I am rock solid, and I probably will be for all time in terms of which episode stays in where. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like we're not going to have much to talk about for the last episode uh, when we when we rate all these. But um, yeah, you know, there's the there's the two episodes that I feel like are okay, are are great, but in any other season would be great, but for this season are are not as good as the others. There's the um two or three that I absolutely adore. And then there's this one, which I love, but is just tiny bit below that. Like, mm. I mean, so th- this fits this fits in the number three slot for me. And um, we'll see how I feel after after next week's. But I I, I think the next week uh, next week's occupies a certain um, a, a certain um, happy spot in that for me as well. So I, I suspect uh, that this will end up. Uh, as number four on that list, but it's a solid number four. It's a very solid number four. Okay. Um, that's a number four that I would watch a million times. So, uh, and I 
have seen it quite a bit. So, uh, yes, this yeah. will be this will definitely be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's uh, as we were watching that, I was thinking something about the first season versus this one. Something about the guest stars, I guess, but I can't remember what it was. Um, well, I mean, I know I made the comment that if we were to if we were to cumulatively rank all the episodes and all the seasons. Uh, I know that I would have every episode of season two over every episode of season one, so that makes it rather easy. Mm. Um, For me, they're interleaved. So interesting. I mean, you know, the Queen of Spain's beard, I think, was my favorite episode of the uh, of the first season. And surprise, surprise, look who was there as the guest star. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, playing a very, very different character. But uh, yeah, um, uh, the one thing when when uh, when Blackadder actually does the, you know, sometimes I'm nice and sometimes i'm nasty and that's like the one Mm -hmm. bit where i feel like he's almost channeling bits of black adder one yeah it it, that uh that character came through in his face and voice at that particular moment i I find that fascinating it's like kind of ancestor coming to the fore yep yep uh yeah that was an interesting bit uh it was kind of a nice uh self-examination examination self-examination sounds kind of rude (laughs) <laughs> Sounds a bit like bum. Mm. <laughs> um, well, that was beer, everybody. Uh, as I say, I really enjoyed that. I'm now looking forward to seeing what next week could be even better than that. Um, we are, of course, uh, going to go on after this to Black Adder 3 and Black Adder 4. So I hope you're strapped in for a good long ride. We still would love to hear oh, from I'm you. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> uh, Bit rude, bit rude. So uh, we would love to hear from you. If you are on Twitter, you can tweet us at Starship Warlock. There's no podcast in the middle on Twitter. It's just Starship Warlock. Um, and we'd love to hear from you if you have any you know, comments. If you're like, hey, uh, I wish you guys would do this or less of this. Uh, we won't really change anything, but it would be very entertaining to know uh, what you think right. in that respect. Or, or so. if you're Stephen Fry, like, contact us. Seriously. Oh, yes, please. Contact us. It, uh, yeah, you, uh, we can. Yeah. We'll bring you on an episode. Um, you can talk about things. You know, we'll we'll, we'll kind of give you a, a little uh, intro on how to be on a podcast because I know you you really are not used to performing or anything like that. So we'll we'll kind we'll of show you the ropes, like Adric in season eighteen of Doctor Who. Oh, don't go there. I, I was actually <laughs> just rewatching rewatching the episode i think it was of little britain the the bit where um where the uh, david williams and um um and mark gatiss uh kidnap uh, peter davison oh yeah okay i remember anyway. seeing that yeah um yeah so uh yeah we would love to hear from any of you and especially stephen fry big big fan uh first time caller many time listener why is no one calling <laughs> okay uh now i really do need a beer so we're gonna wrap this up everyone uh and of course like i said next week we'll be back with episode six so please join us then and uh thank you for listening this has been starship podcast warlock i have been drew i have been jeff and i already said the title of the podcast oh, oh. so it's my turn no we can do it again oh, okay, fine. Uh, and this has been starship starship podcast no wait 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 we're gonna do the thing I, I say Starship, you say Podcast Warlock, and then I join you on the Warlock. Here we go. Okay. This has been Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. <laughs> you paused. Oh, well. Uh, bye, everybody. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we amuse ourselves. Bye. Mm, bye.